to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. This program is a showcase of middle grade, young adult, and new adult fiction. Your host is Mary Nickham, the founder of Saguaro Books, LLC. Saguaro Books is a unique publisher, and this program will show you why as we bring you the authors and the books of new authors and more. Now, here's Mary Nickham. Welcome to the radio show. This is my second, and the radio show today will be my books and why I founded Saguaro Books. I am an author and a publisher. My idea to find Saguaro Books LLC resulted from the difficulties I experienced as a first-time children's author seeking a publisher. I realized there were needs to be a publisher who works directly with the authors, excluding agents. Saguaro Books does just that. We work specifically with authors who have never published before. We carefully look at each submission for writing style and story development. We work with the authors we select to make the work the best it can be. We use a standard publishing model based on a contract and pay royalties twice per year. We offer a 20% royalty, which is higher than most uh, large publishers, and we have 28 titles in our published catalog available on YouTube with five more coming this year, at least five. We were selected as a PAL publisher, that's a P-A-L publisher, with the Society of Children's Writers and Illustrators. And PAL stands for Published and Listed, which means that we are uh, selected by uh, SCBWI to uh, be a children's publisher that authors are uh, encouraged to come to. Now the problem of a first-time author, or at least a first-time children's author, I'm not speaking of uh, authors for any other genre, uh, I joined a critique group where I learned a lot. It's okay to use, first place, it's okay to use contractions in children's writing. Well, that's uh, not really recommended for adult writing, but it is recommended for children. Publishers don't like to use the use of exclamation marks. Good writing will make the reader understand the urgency of the statement. If you say uh, something that the uh, character is really excited about, and then you put an exclamation mark down, and then you put a uh, something at the end like he he called or he cried or he yelled. You don't need the exclamation period mark because there is the uh, the the notice has already been given in your text, so it's redundant. Show don't tell. Show through dialogue. Telling consists of several different, several paragraphs in a row where you just simply uh, tell the story, and this doesn't doesn't interest children at all. Uh, they get bored very easily. So the dialogue, if you want to move the story forward, dialogue is the best option. You have the characters talking to one another, have the characters. 
thinking. Uh, so you put the thoughts in uh, italics, and this gives a break, and it allows the reader to to be a part of the story. You want the reader to to feel and to be in the story almost. Make sure the story moves forward and doesn't stall by getting caught up in too much detail. Don't tell everything about the character is height and weight and size and shape and color of hair, color of eyes and, and just going on and on. It just is a, uh, a, a detail that, that just bores readers to no end. Choose an appropriate place for a chapter change. Uh, don't change a chapter in the middle of a scene or in the middle of dialogue or anything like that. Now the editors will usually catch that kind of thing, but the more that you uh, keep from uh, doing that yourself, then uh, that leaves the editors to worry about something else and not to practically redo your story. Choose an appropriate place for a chapter change that would uh, be a, a page turner. At the end of the chapter, you want the, the reader to be, wow, I wonder what happens next. I gotta keep reading. And so that's the, that's the place where you break for the chapter. How to manage a submission. Choosing a publisher or better, several publishers. Never just focus in on one publisher and hope that, that's, uh, that, he's, that publisher is going to choose your writing and go with it and you won't ever have to look for another publisher. Well, that's not going to happen. So read to, and follow to the letter the publisher's guidelines. Now the publishers usually put guidelines on their websites and that's where you need to learn to look and that is what another thing I found out with the critique groups that helped me so much was because uh, I did not really realize that the website was the most important place to go for publisher information and that helped quite a bit. Read the name of the editor, find the name of the editor to whom you should submit your work. Always submit to a person. Never ever say, you know, to whom it may concern or uh, editor or publisher or some, uh, you know, topic, title that is, is, could be anybody. You, not, you must uh, direct it to a person, and that person will be named on the website, so you have to find that. If it specifically tells you to address to submissions editor or something like that, then, then you have to do that. If you send to the right person and follow all instructions, then all you have to do is wait. You do not go on you know, back and say, all right, did you receive what I sent you? No, you don't do that. You will usually, not always, but usually get some kind of an, a communication from them, from the publisher to whom you submitted, uh, that they received it. 
that would be nice, but not always do they do that. Do not write to the editor to find out if it was received or anything more was needed. Don't make a pest of yourself. If you start writing to the editor every few days or every few weeks, uh, they're going to get very tired of the whole thing pretty quickly and tell you to just go away and be quiet. Publishers may or may not write to you telling you they are not interested. If you haven't heard from them in six months, yes, six months, submit to the next publisher on your list and never, ever resubmit to the same publisher even after years. They, uh, they may be different editors, but they keep a file of who they submit, who submitted to them and what they rejected. And if, even if they reject, you, they rejected your paper and you get it, uh, they tell you, they may tell you why they rejected it and you make the changes and fix it and then you want to resubmit? No, don't do it. They won't be interested. If you are fortunate to receive a letter telling you the publisher is interested in your work, you're not done yet. It's just the beginning. They'll probably require many changes, some substantial to your story. And it's often that uh, they don't want, for instance, some publishers don't want uh, a manuscript written in first person. Uh, some don't want manuscripts written uh, in other formats that uh, came in that they don't use. Any of these things can be changed, and uh, those are easy changes. What they may not like is the way you've developed in a direction that you've gone. Uh, then they want some substantive changes. They want, maybe they want a new character. Maybe they feel that there's another character needed to move the story. That could, uh, that could be a, a substantial change. And so then uh, maybe they want a change in scenes. Maybe they don't want a story of the, the character being out on a boat when all this takes place. Maybe they think that this uh, character ought to be on the boardwalk or in some other place. That may have to change. For every, everything else, don't argue. Just make the changes. If they've gotten you to the point where you can be, um, when they're happy for you, they want to work with you, then for heaven's sakes, don't blow it all by arguing with them. No, I don't want it to be on the boardwalk. I want him to be in the boat because that's the way I wrote the story and that's the way it's going to stay. Well, that's fine. It may stay that way, but not with that publisher because the publisher is not going to be argued with. Don't argue, just make the changes. Remember that. Try to defend your case and you will lose. Guaranteed. It will not happen. They will not make a change if they have decided that this needs to be changed because it, all of their reason for making a change is that it's marketability. Is this book going to sell?
And that's the one thing that the publisher keeps in mind above everything. If they don't feel that it's going to work, if it's not going to sell, if for some reason the story doesn't seem to make sense the way you have it down, they will not publish it. If they will not publish it, then you have lost. And if uh, then go ahead and seek another publisher if you feel like you want to. But that is a long process again, so be prepared to spend another year or two. And being stubborn doesn't really work. But, on the other hand, if you swallow your pride and make the changes, now all the changes have been made and your manuscript has been accepted. Now you did manage to rewrite the story so that it works well according to the way the publisher wants it. You may not think it works too well, but listen to the publisher. Take their lead. They've got a lot more experience at it than you do. Remember that. Now you've made all the changes. Manuscript has been accepted. And this could take one to two years. Yes, years. This is not something that happens just in a few months, in a few weeks, in a few months. It's oftentimes a matter of years. The publisher will offer you a contract, which is several pages long. You may wish to consult a lawyer who specializes in publishing, but that's not really required. And uh, I didn't do that so far, no regrets. I have not had any problems with publishers who, uh, you know, messed me up or took me in a different direction than I wanted to go. Uh, so sign it and send it back. The book is published and you receive the agreed upon gratis copies according to the contract. Okay, so the contract will tell you everything you need. It will tell you whether you have, uh, what you have for royalties. It will tell you how many gratis copies you get. It will tell you what else you need. You, know, you Sometimes you have to have blurbs and, and things like that for the back cover of the book and, and several things like that. So pay attention to that contract because that contract is what tells you what the publisher will do and what you must do. And those are, are written in stone more or less. Done, right? Not. There's a promotion and marketing to do for as long as your book is in print. And I, my show on the 25th of March will discuss promotion and marketing in depth. And that will uh, give you a lot more clues as to what promotion and marketing, what's the difference, and what it's all about. So. Then, uh, you, uh, before you sell your book, you need to market it. And though that is the most important part and the thing that most authors, especially first-time authors, do not understand. Publishers will not do the marketing for you. Uh, nowadays, uh, it, at one time they used to, 
but now it's and now it's all, you're on your own for marketing for the most part. You need to uh, get that promotion and marketing uh, set up before you publish, because keep in mind you should be publish you should be having your uh, uh, websites and blogs and everything set up. You should be alerting your readers that hey, uh, this title is coming out and it's coming out soon. Watch for it. Uh, it's about this and this and this, and tell them what what to expect, where to look, where will it be? Will it be on Amazon? Where will it be? And uh, and most likely the price. And you may have access to a cover and things like that that you can put on the website to get uh, you know get your readers all geared up for it. So that will uh, be a long, uh, good talk on the 25th. And so before we uh, go to break, we'll be talking on beyond that, we'll be talking about uh, more about how to market and where are the few key marketing tactics and tips to help you develop a great strategy for promoting your book. Now we can go to break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Saguaro Books LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at saguarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, welcome back. Here we are back to talk about marketing and promotion. Marketing tactics and tips specifically. First tactic or, t- or uh, tip is to first identify your book's target audience. Now that is not as easy as it sounds. Many authors make the mistake of thinking everyone is a potential reader, when in reality some people are more likely to purchase the book than others. Uh, you're writing for children, uh, usually if for Swirl Books it would be for middle grade and young adult. Um, very rarely do, uh, do adults buy the books for themselves. Uh, they think that they don't really want to read, although now adults are reading more young adult than they used to. But uh, they're buying books for their children, for gifts, for uh, friends, children, and things like that. So you're not all going to have a reader that just picks up the book and says, oh, wow. Would your book appeal more to females or males? Uh, Sometimes we uh, do uh, just a a book for girls. Some books come out and would probably not be of interest to boys, but you never know. But your target audience would be girls. Uh, What age represents your readers. Well, most readers, if you're writing for a young adult or uh, middle grade, middle grade is considered um, fifth grade through seventh. Uh, So you've got uh, 10 to um, 12 or 13. Uh, Those are the ones that you're targeting. So your book and, you're, and everything is directed to that age group. Where do they live? And that is a question too, because our uh, kids from South America are gonna be interested in your book? Perhaps, but it could be so culturally uh, different and so specific, cultural specific, that they may or may not be interested in it. And so your target audience may well be uh, local, maybe just the state you're living in, or maybe just the state that the, uh, or the country in which your book is set. Uh, if you set the book in, uh, you know, uh, Spain or something like that, it's possible it's uh, gonna be interesting to Spanish children but then you probably better be sure that the book is also translated so they can read it, because all kids don't read English, although uh, many of them do nowadays. What kind of activities do they pursue? Uh, Do you think, are your readers uh, really interested in, uh, in the sport, for instance, if you've written a sports book? Did you read, write an extreme sports book? Um, might they, only the children that are interested in that sport or are um, 
kind of thinking, oh, maybe that would be cool to do, or maybe they have a friend that's trying to get them interested in doing it, and so they think, well, gee, I don't know, but I, maybe I'll give it a thought. And so that's where you uh, come in to identify your readers. The more you can narrow your focus, the easier it will be to locate your audience and promote your book. So therefore, in order to uh, really get a feel for your audience, it's probably the best thing to do is to contact uh, teachers, for instance, in that grade levels. Uh, get the feel for what they think their students are interested in, what they notice about their students that uh, are, uh, uh, are interests in outside activities or things like that. And this will give you an indication of where your book might fit. It's a long process and it's a difficult process and it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort to locate these, uh, not locate the students, but to find out what that age group is interested in these days. There may be something else that is more interesting now than what your book has. Well, that may or may not be a problem, but you need to find out what it exactly is the problem and what exactly is the interest level. Market and promote your book locally, then gradually expand your efforts. Create advertisements such as business cards, posters, flyers, and that will catch your target audience's eye and that can be used on all levels. However, as a general rule, promoting your book locally is your best bet. Regional and national media will not be interested in your book or your book um, and your book until you have generated local attention. So if you haven't got a local base, uh, going national with it could be quite difficult. And so this is, is not, again, not an easy thing, but uh, speaking to the schools and the teachers in that, uh, in that age group would be a very helpful way to get started because, uh, and also at public libraries and places like that, they're willing to put up some type of uh, new book uh, sign or uh, handout and their children's department that can alert children to new books that are coming out. <coughs> Excuse me. It is much easier for new authors to gain attention from local media outlets, <clears throat> such as newspapers, television, and radio. So your local television, local radio station, and, uh, and uh, newspapers are a great place to announce your new title and to whom it's written for and what's interesting about it. And, and those kinds of things can go best in the local media first. Create an elevator pitch about your book. An elevator pitch is a brief, focused message aimed toward a particular person or group that summarizes why they should be interested in your book. 
Your elevator pitch should be no longer than two or three sentences and should focus on your book's selling points, those qualities that make it unique and special. So you have to give your, uh, give your book some real thought here. And as you're uh, writing it, you might even have jotted down a couple of things that you thought were, would be great ways to get people interested in the book. And so put those together and get that ready. And then number four, network, network, and network. Positive word of mouth publicity is an essential part of any book marketing plan. Start by telling your friends and family about your book. Well, of course, you almost always end up telling your friends and family anyway if you're working on a project that you're excited about. Uh, sometimes people, uh, friends might say, oh, we've heard this before, you know, and uh, family are going, yeah, good, good, great, you know, keep going. And, and that's always good to hear. Then broaden your reach to include coworkers and professional acquaintances. That's where the word of mouth really gets going and uh, because they will tell their friends who intend on it goes. The next step for promoting your book might be to inform local organizations such as clubs, churches, synagogues, and book clubs. Uh, very often there are local book clubs that are always interested in new authors and new titles. And this is a great way to get somebody interested in it, especially if the club is uh, open to uh, any genre and uh, children's as well as adult. You can also network over the internet by searching for organizations interested in your book's topic. So go to the internet and uh, put in your uh, topic, not necessarily the title, but the topic, and then uh, look for uh, book clubs or uh, any other th types of organizations that might be interested in the topic. And then contact them and tell them that you're a new author, you have this book, going to have this book available, and um, would like to maybe uh, approach the group with a, uh, a reading or something like that. Create a professional-looking media kit. This public relations tool will allow you to have materials well-organized. Before you can gain attention for your book, you should compile information about it, and you can send it out to the media. Uh, press release, um, some information about yourself as an author, as a first-time author, but you don't have to keep telling them you're a first-time author. You can simply say, this is my... Um, beginning novel or my new novel or, uh, you know, and, and so you don't have to necessarily make it known that you're a first-time author. Your media kit should include a pitch letter introducing yourself and your book, an excerpt from your book or a copy of it your author bio and photo, any positive endorsements or reviews you've received, sample interview questions and news articles or clippings related to your book's topic. Now that sounds like a lot to put together, but the media kit 
is is the most important part of what you're doing and um, what you're reaching out your information is all in one place the pitch letter should not be longer than one page obviously and uh, an excerpt from your book uh, sometimes uh, the whole book is is really difficult to produce because it gets expensive and if you're doing this media kit ahead of time you may not have that but the author's bio and photo is very important and any positive endorsements or reviews now often authors get endorsements or reviews of their books before it's published so that the uh, a quote from the review can be put on the back of the book. And that will, uh, that will also uh, encourage readers. Now, your media kit will be the first impre impression that editors, producers, reviewers, or reporters have of you and your book. So make sure there are no spelling or grammatical errors. <clears throat> This is very important. Uh, you need to have this uh, all set up very well ahead of time, and you need to be sure to proofread it and have it ready uh, for all the uh, reviewers and reporters that may be considering your book, announcing your book. Utilize one of the most effective marketing vehicles, the World Wide Web. The growth of the Internet has been advantageous to authors and publishers as it, is, as it has presented new forms of forums to find targeted groups of people, build awareness of books, and make purchasing fast and easy. There are many online marketing tools available to, your, to you in order for you to best promote your book. So get on the internet and make sure that you've checked out all the marketing that, uh, tools that you can use. When promoting your book to the media, pitch story ideas, not your book. Do pitch the ideas. That's the, uh, many authors make the mistake of merely telling the media that they're written a book. And uh, think of the types of interviews you hear on the radio or see on television and the articles you've read in newspapers and magazines. They're almost always contest, centered on providing helpful information and a less, to a lesser degree entertainment. Your book is, if your book is nonfiction, think about the specialized uh, information. Always follow up. After you send out your media kits, don't just wait for a response. Following up with your recipients by phone is imperative. It's most important, it's much more difficult for someone to ignore you when you call them. Plus, contacting them more than once shows that you have persistence and drive. Don't become a pest while promoting your book, though. If someone doesn't respond after three contact attempts, it's probably best to move on. Winning a competition, enter your book in competitions. Winning a competition is a major endorsement for your book. 
Awards help with book publicity. And uh, by verifying that your book is head and shoulders above many others. Don't give up. Promoting your book is not a task that you can do in a day, a week, or even a month. Often the fruits of your efforts won't be immediately evident. It takes time and persistence to get your book noticed. Be prepared for some rejection, but remember to celebrate every achievement. Now, how I found a next... Uh, after the break, there will be another section on how, to, how I found a publisher. This is the, uh, the interesting way to go about it. And um, I think that it might be some use to people who are, re are uh, writing stories and needing to find publishers. It's just a matter of digging and hunting for publishers. The, uh, there are many books out there called, one of them is the um, marketing guide for children's books, and, and there's one for almost every segment of the book publishing industry. And this is uh, where you find publishers and where you find uh, you know, help with uh, promotion and all kinds of, of interesting work. So we will uh, move on to a break soon here, and uh, we'll come back and I'll read from some of the, a couple of the titles that I published and talk a little bit more about how I found a publisher. And we'll uh, talk to you after the break. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Saguaro Books LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at saguarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. 
America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you. We're back. And how I found the publisher. I was lucky the publisher was a member of our critique group. And this is my... Mom's story, A Child Learns About MS. I found the publisher because the member of our critique group was also part of the publishing firm that she represented. Uh, So I uh, talked to her and she said, sure, please uh, submit. And uh, I did. And it was accepted. And the title, however, that was where we had to start out. The Mom's Story, A Child Learns About MS. The title was not my choice, okay? Here's a good example. <laughs> I had, uh, I wanted to use the title, I, I, it was gonna be a series is what it was going to be. And I was going to have it titled, Guess What? My Mom Has MS. Well they didn't think that that title was appropriate and was a good selling title. So I didn't argue, I changed the title. Uh, I don't feel the title is particularly a descriptive of the book. Uh, it, it is about moms, her mother, uh, getting uh, a diagnosed with MS and this written for a child that is about eight years old, eight, eight or nine, and uh, so that part is is okay, but the title still doesn't, to me, um, give you the urgency that the child had just suddenly heard that her mother had this disease, and she didn't understand what it was, and she was going to tell her friend, and that was how little kids run up to each other and say, oh, guess what, you know, and um, that didn't fly with the publisher, so it didn't get, uh, it got changed. Uh, for the other problem I had with the title is it was too long. Uh, I thought, uh, I th- I'm steadfast on having titles not being longer than three or four words. And um, that was, even though the title is Mom's Story and A Child Learns About MS is a subtitle, it's still all a very long uh, situation, and I think too long. Then uh, there was this thing about when I wrote the story, choosing the subject. The first thing we learned in critique group, one of the first things that got repeated over and over, was write what you know. And so I looked at what I know, and of course I have gone, I have higher degrees, and so I know a lot of things about a lot of things, but not something that was going to work for children. So I have MS, 
And so um, I thought, and I had had it for some years already, and I had been through all kinds of tests and, and, uh, and treatments and whatever else. And so I knew a lot about MS. So I thought, that's what I'm going to write. So I wrote in terms of a child that a child would relate to, that her mother was be showing some symptoms that were frightening. Uh, she's dropping things and she's falling and all the things that can happen to somebody who is uh, coming uh, uh, first with MS. Um, these things can be frightening for a child. And uh, so she's, uh, she's very bewildered and almost terrified. She's waking up and worrying about her mother and maybe she's, she's crying, worrying about maybe your mother's gonna die. This could really be bad. And that's usually a first thing that a child worries about is the loss of a parent. That is always a, a very terrifying idea and uh, so that's, that's why I wrote this. The, the book, the, in the book, the characters are fictional, but the information is definitely nonfiction. All the works that, were, that I have done in MS has been uh, uh, authorized and uh, signed by a letter from the physician in the first part of the book that it's all, um, acceptable uh, physically and uh, within medical uh, uh, establishment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Setting was chosen to typify the disease prevalence and where the necessary medical establishments were close at hand. Now the setting I chose was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin, so that was kind of a natural, not in Milwaukee, but Northern. But uh, anyway, so that was a natural thing. And uh, we were learned early on in MS that uh, the, it's, the disease prevalence is much higher north of the 38th parallel, which of course Wisconsin fits perfectly in. Uh, I set it in Milwaukee because it's a large city and uh, there are many medical establishments that are set up to handle this kind of thing. So that made uh, the writing of it a little more um, uh, realistic and yet a little simpler. So I want to read from uh, my story. Uh, how this was set up and where the story started and where it went. So here we go. Chapter one, thump. I had just finished pr practicing piano when I heard a loud noise in the kitchen. It wasn't like a pan hitting the floor with a bang or a crack of glass breaking. It was a thump. I'd never heard such that sound coming from the kitchen before. I found Mom sitting on the floor, and I rushed to her as she started to get up. Mommy, Mommy, what happened? Nothing, Amy, Mom whispered. I just have slipped. Maybe the floor is wet. I hugged Mom and sat in the kitchen with her for a few minutes. She seemed okay. Do you need help? I asked her. No, Amy, go on outside if you've finished piano for today, she said. Okay, 
I thought she sounded strange, but I went outside anyway to play with my best friend Kayla. Playing with our Barbies wasn't much fun, though. I was still thinking about Mom. I told Kayla about Mom falling. What if she falls again? I asked Kayla. It was a terrible noise. She probably won't, Kayla said. I felt a I fell at school last week and skinned my knee, but I haven't fallen since. I know, but we're just kids. I insisted parents aren't supposed to fall down. Kayla shrugged. Come to my house. I want to show you what I made at Brownie's for my mother, for Mother's Day, she said. Okay, I said, but I was still thinking about my mom. On the way, Kayla invited me to her birthday party. I'll be nine years old on Friday. We're going to the county park on Saturday at two. That'll be fun. I'll ask my mom, I said. My birthday is in August. I'll be nine, too. At Kayla's house, we rushed to her, mom, her room, calling hellos to her mother on the way. Kayla pulled out a box from under her bed and opened it. In the box was a picture of her mother in a bright red frame. That's beautiful. How did you make it? I asked. I cut a piece of cardboard to outline the photo, Kayla said. Then I wrapped the yarn over the cardboard until it was a thick covering and glued the end. It's really cool. Maybe I'll try to make something like that for my mom. Suddenly, the thought of mom sitting on the floor flashed through my mind, and I said to Kayla, I'm going home to see if my mom's okay. I'll be back later. Chapter 2, The Broken Dish Amy, it's almost breakfast time, Mom called. I heard my brother and sister run down the stairs. As I opened my door, a loud crack echoed up the stairs, and Mom screamed, Oh, no! I ran downstairs, too. I dropped a whole plate of eggs. I don't know how that happened. She was shaking her head and looking puzzled. Don't worry, Kelly said as she danced dumped the broken dish into the trash. You've never done that before. I don't know how that happened, Mom repeated, mumbling to herself. Tony looked at her. It's okay. I didn't want eggs anyway. I'm going to eat cereal. Mom shot Tony a surprised look. I think it was Tony's way of telling Mom that it was okay. We were all quiet, even Mom. She seemed to be, ha to be having a lot of accidents lately. Kelly looked concerned, and Tony was acting a little weird. I watched as Kelly helped Mom put cereal bowls on the table. Kelly seemed to know just what to do, and I think it made Mom feel better. We finished breakfast without talk talking about the accident. When it was time to leave for school, Kelly and Tony left to ride the bus to the middle school. They're twins, so they're in the same grade. I met Kayla in front of her house, and we walked to the elementary school. We walked together every day. While we walked, I told Kayla my mom dropped a plate of eggs this morning. It broke, and I could tell she was upset. We had to eat cereal. I eat cereal every day, Kayla said, but mom dropped a plate. She never does that. Don't you see? I don't think she feels well. And I don't know what's wrong. Kelly seems as bothered as I am, but Tony doesn't act like he cares at all. I felt like crying. I wish there was something I could do. I don't think you need to worry, Kayla said. Anyway, cheer up. We're going on a class trip to the zoo today. That's going to be fun. 
and next week is the last week of school. Oh, yeah, I said, I almost forgot the trip. My mom always remembers that stuff. I wonder why she didn't remind me this morning. Waiting for Daddy. Chapter 3. The last day of school was sunny and warm. After school, I hurried home without stopping at Kayla's house. Summer vacation was here at last, and I would have plenty of time to swim and play with Kayla. We're going to camp, too. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I hope that we'll go canoeing and maybe horseback riding at camp this year. But I really was wanted to go on to a picnic down at Lake Michigan when Daddy caught home from work. It was fun living with the big living near the big lake. It wasn't too windy. Daddy would take us all out on the boat. The lake was often cold and windy, but it was so sunny and warm today. Maybe it would be a good time to go out on the water. He might let us help catch some fish. When I got home, Tony met me at the door. He said, Mom can't see. What? I said, forgetting all about the picnic. I panicked and almost knocked Tony down as I rushed inside to, uh, uh, to Mom. What's wrong, I said. I don't know. I feel like there's something in my eye. It hurts a little, and I can't see very well. I called your dad at work. He'll be home soon. Did you call Dr. Smith? Dr. Smith isn't in the office today, Mom said. Tony went to his room, and Kelly and I got some pillows so Mom could lie down on the couch to wait for Daddy. Girls, please set the table for dinner, Mom said. As we finished setting the table, we heard Daddy drive up. Daddy's home. Daddy walked over to the kiss Mom. Now what's wrong with your eye? I don't feel, I'm not sure. I feel like there's something in my eye. And then we go on until mom decides that dad takes mom to the doctor. And that is how the story uh, is set up. So we will have to uh, close for today and hopefully you, uh, and get Mom's Story on Amazon and give it a look. And we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Saguaro Books Radio Hour. Host Mary Nickham invites you to join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to discuss then.